Hi there, and welcome to Manningham Christian Centre's Sermon of the Week. I'm so glad you joined us. My name is Matt Wyatt, and I'm the lead pastor here. My prayer for you is that as you listen, you encounter God, and find this message practically helpful. It would mean a lot to us if you were able to rate and subscribe. This not only lets us know how we can serve you better, but also spreads the message to those who need to hear it. Hey, thanks so much again, and I look forward to catching up with you later. Bye. Thanks so much, everybody. Wow. Fantastic. How are we all doing? Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, I am really excited uh, about the uh, about the equip uh, one going out and uh, and doing what they're doing and learning about uh, you know the beginnings and a little bit of the history of the church. I think that's just so important and so vital to understand. Uh, often, you know, to understand where we're going, we need to understand where we've been and who we are, and then where we're headed moving forward. I'm. Also, I just want to reiterate how amazing Ian Miller and uh, Brett Lindner is going to be. Um, wherever Brett goes, there are miraculous healings that take place. And if you are looking for a breakthrough spiritually, then uh, that is also what happens. So I really want to uh, prepare you and I want to um, build uh, and exhort you really and build you up uh, so that you come with expectant hearts. You know, I hope it's a little bit difficult to get here uh, simply because I think sometimes when God brings a breakthrough, there needs to be a bit of a sacrifice. Amen. And so, uh, you know, do all that you can. Book it in, put it in your diary. Um, Don't let anything else, um, you know, uh, uh, take your attention away and uh, really start to be praying towards that. Fantastic. All right, we good? Ready to kick into the Word? All right. Today, uh, if I was going to uh, call this anything, I I would call it the economy. Uh, The kingdom must Do's right, and uh, you know, there's a whole lot of talk all around about uh, you know how uh, tough things are, and the reality is, um, often uh, you know, at the moment, there are a lot of people with interest rate rate hikes and uh, financial pressures that are very, very real and very, very evident. Uh, that are um, increasing and uh, you might be somebody here today or even watching online that uh, is experiencing that. Well, I want to give you some keys here today and uh, overall, if you catch anything that I have to say is that I, I, I would ask you to join your, uh, your economy system with the system of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and not with the world's system. Hello? Okay, so um, this week, in fact, uh, through the work of CareNet and uh, through uh, what the church here has enabled CareNet to do, we have seen scores of people come and avail themselves of fresh food, fruit, 
and vegetables. Uh, I was on the phone with a lady who is on the other side of town uh, and, uh, and she was in tears on the phone because simply she was not able to get across here to access. She has uh, six children uh, that she's trying to feed. She's a single mother and, uh, you know, she's doing her best to be able to make ends meet. Well, it's amazing that uh, the, the hope that we were able to direct her to were two other churches in her area of where she could go and, and be rescued, right? And so um, we are seeing an increase in the need within the community. What that says to me is that the community needs to see the, the economy and the, and the kingdom economy that the Lord has to offer. That Jesus himself says, come and be a part of. Are you ready to dive into the world? Hello? All right. We had a lady come in. Uh, we had some excess um, uh, some excess fruit and vegetables, some bread. We even had a lady come in. I think it must have been about. I think it must have been Wednesday afternoon, and uh, all she wanted was two loaves of bread. And as she picked up the loaf, two loaves of bread, she just burst into tears, just because someone would be able to give her two loaves of bread. This is the kingdom economy where we are able to give, give. The Bible says that, you know, true religion is to feed the orphans and, and feed those who are poor and uplift those who are, who are weary. We are part of the king's economy. As our governments and economists predict tighter budgets and what appears to be uncertain times ahead, we need some must-dos. Now, please hear me when I make these points today. From my point of view and the principles that I most definitely live by, these are must-dos. In fact, I would say that I wouldn't be able to be here where I am today without these essential truths. And I'm only going to share a few of them with you today and in the coming weeks, I'm going to give you more points so that you as well have the opportunity to partner with and buy into the king's economy as opposed to the world's economy. We must do to stay in God's economy and not buy into the narrative of the world. Because if you just, like if you turn on the radio and, and if you turn on the TV, it's pretty doom and gloom, right? Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's constant doom, doom and gloom. Now, I'm not, I'm not here saying bury your head in the sand, ignore what's going on. And I mean, we need to be like, like what the Bible says, the sons of Issachar, right? Who knew the times that they were living in. I'm giving you the opportunity today to, to, to know the times that you're living in. And you must partner with the kingdom right now. It's a must, right? Because the Bible says that you can't be half in the world and half in the kingdom. You're either all in or you're not in. 
And I understand that there are times and moments and seasons that we feel like, you know, we feel like we're more in. <laughs> Does that make sense? Or it feels like, God, you're so distant right now. What's going on? You know, there are seasons that we go through and opportunities that the Lord presents to us in order to partner with Him. But the truth is this, we need to set out, the Bible says, the Paul, Paul said this, I set my face like a flint. And I will. And it's like he engages his will that says, no matter what, no matter what the distance, no matter what, how I feel, no matter what's going on in my life, I am setting my course for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I will be about his kingdom. Now, the good news is he's a flipping great king. <laughs> Hello? If you want to be a part of the kingdom, you need to be able to submit to the king, right? And so he's a really, really good Lord. He's a really, really good saviour, amen? Right. So whilst each dollar may not seem to stretch as far as it once used to, I know that when we prioritise the kingdom of God, then God releases supernatural provision. Whilst we all love this concept, who loves supernatural provision? Yeah, oh, we all love it. Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. We have to understand that supernatural provision starts with personal revival. Now, we need to understand what revival is. Revival, by definition, everybody say revival. You know, when I, when I think of the word revival, I think of those tent meetings and, you know, it might be an African-American church and they're, you know, they're dancing and, and they're doing all, so, all, all sorts of things and shaking and rolling and, you know, there might be an old lady on the piano rocking it out and, you know, a good old-fashioned tent revival. Amen, right? All right, anybody got saved in one of those? Anybody attend one of those? Yeah, I remember going to the City Mile Music Bowl with Benny Hinn and, you know, and it was like, man, that might have been revival. Um, Eckhart Tolle has just, uh, uh, you, you can look him up as to who he is, but, but he has uh, um, just spoken to an absolute packed house. You know, I know that there are churches in Melbourne, churches in Queensland at the moment that are experiencing revival where people are queuing up an hour before the service. Wow. It's amazing, like, right? It is, it is. You know why? Because the root of the Church of Australia is that people's hearts are hungry. And the, the funny thing is, is in human nature, sometimes our hearts don't get hungry until things get hard. <laughs> Often when things are easy, we're not as hungry. But I tell you what, when things start to get a little bit tougher... It's a bit like this, you know, the scripture that says, choose you this day, who will you serve? I look at the Israelites and how they, they came, you know, you know, it's like they swapped sides to, you know, they, they followed the Lord for a bit and then they didn't. And, and, then, and then God said, you're a chosen people, come on. And, they, and then they repented and came back and followed the Lord for a bit more and then got slack for a couple of generations and, and then God got angry with them. And how many know, praise Jesus, that after the cross, God doesn't get angry with us? He, he is always seeing us through Jesus as holy and righteous. 
Now, that doesn't mean he doesn't get, hey, correctional from time to time. You know, I love my kids, but every now and then I have to get like a correctional father every now and then, right? Right? God has to be that with you. Turn to the person beside you and say, he's talking to you, you know. You see, by revival, revival, the, the word revival is actually in our denominational's name. Christian Revival Churches International. That's our denomination. So by our name and nature, we should be a reviving community. I praise God that we are. But I tell you what, there's more reviving to have happen. Sometimes some of you just need to, we need to get that, uh, you know, uh, that heart monitor out there and clear, that, you know, just check. Just check how you are spiritually, right? That's all I'm saying. I'm, every now and then, you know, <coughs> maybe I need to install a few under the seats there so that when I go, amen, amen, you know what I mean? Right on cue. Because I think sometimes we get too easy. I think sometimes the person up here is working pretty hard and yet God is speaking clearly to us as a church to say, hey, press in. Hey, turn up. Hey, turn it up, so to speak. To dial things up in your life as opposed to dial things down. Because I tell you what, the spirit of this world would want you as a follower of Jesus Christ to just dial right down. My news app this morning had a, has, a, has a report of how somebody got involved in a Pentecostal church as a youngster and that Pentecostal church led them up the garden path and it was all hype and, and it was all love until you were required of something. Until something was required of them. Let me tell you, Shiloh played for a local football club. I felt a bit that way. Yes, come and join, come and join, come and join. And then it was, well, come and turn up, come and score, come and volunteer, come and turn up to training, come and do... thought, what? I've paid my daughter's fees. Do I have to do more? Let me tell you, tithe ain't enough. Offering ain't enough. Why? Because the Lord says we have to have be living a lifestyle of worship. Hello? It's all his anyway, right? Hello? It's all his anyway. I'm not preaching. I'm not teaching anything that's not already in the Bible, okay? I'm not adding to it or anything like that. But I would rather be somebody who speaks truth with understanding, truth with love, truth knowing that you are being set up for a glorious and wonderful future. Amen? So, revival is often misunderstood. By definition, it is this, quote, an improvement in condition, strength or fortunes of someone or something. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Who doesn't want that? Do you want an improvement in your condition, an improvement in your strength, or an improvement in your fortunes of something or something? Does that sound good? I reckon that sounds wonderful. 
or kingdom economy is the prayerful and scriptural application of the kingdom resources that cause personal revival within our lives. But hey, we've got to commit to it. Amen? We've got to commit to personal revival. And it's not just fake it till you make it. It really is committing to the disciplines that is within the Word of God and what God calls us to. So right today, I'm mainly speaking to those who, are, who have all, um, already chosen Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. Today, I'm mainly speaking to those people. But if you're watching online or you're in the room and you have not yet Jesus, met Jesus as your personal Lord and Saviour, then there will be an opportunity at the end of today. But I pray that you would partner with Jesus because he longs to partner with you. There is a principle of giving that even the world understands. Well, you've seen companies, haven't you, that give into uh, charities. They give uh, into uh, organisations and local clubs. Have you seen that? And they give and they give and they, thanks Sam, and they give those you know, charity partners and they partner with them. And, and you know what? It's not just a feel-good thing. It's actually the principle of sowing and reaping. It doesn't just look good on a flyer that says, you know, every, every 10 cents that you spend you know, on this drive-through uh, would go to, you know, have you ever been through drive-through and I think you get asked, would you like to round it up to the next dollar so that we can help sick whales? <laughs> right? Something like that. And have you ever rounded up to the next dollar to save sick whales? Like I, I think save people, right? <laughs> Look, save the whales as well. If whales is your thing, that's awesome, right? But my my point is this, is that like there's secular companies who understand the power of giving because they've tapped in to a kingdom principle that the Bible, Jesus said, it's better to give than to receive. And so what they've discovered is that as as they sow and as they give, they start to see their profit margins go up a bit. Huh. I wonder where that originally came from. Maybe it's written in your Bible and maybe it's written in mine. The oldest, most popular book in the entire world. Open your Bible to John chapter 6, please. Let me know when you got there. John chapter 6. It's after... Matthew, Mark and Luke. Got it? John chapter 6. This is a beautiful principle of kingdom economy. Are you ready? I'm going to read it really quickly. It will be up on the screen there. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, where then a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs, which he performed on those who were diseased. I was going to say deceased, you know, much the same thing. But anyway, uh, diseased. And Jesus went up on the mountain and there he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing the great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may 
eat. I love it when Jesus asks a question that he already knows the answer to. Has God ever asked you a question and you just go, you know, I like, I like, uh, you know, I like, who was it? Was it uh, um, Habakkuk? And and can these bones live? And I like, he, he was a smart man. He replied, well, Lord, only you know. Right, that's a smart answer, isn't it, right? And so he said to Philip, hey, Phil, where are we going to get food for all these people? But this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may have a little. Okay, so why not 300? Why did Philip say 200? Well, I don't know. But he was like, that, that must be a lot of money, right? That must be a lot of money. You know, we've got a master plan to renovate uh, the building here and, and, make, and bring it up to community standards, right? We, we've got this amazing... Guess what? It's going to cost a lot of money. Can you imagine Jesus coming in and he says, so, uh, you know, um, uh, Ron, who's the treasurer here, Ron, wherever, uh, where are we going to get all the money to uh, do these renovations? See, Ron would be really smart. He'd be like Habakkuk. Lord, only you know. Or it could be like Philip and we go, well, you know, uh, $500,000 is not going to be enough. Well, what's $500,000 to God? It's nothing, right? Right? All right. So verse 8, one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there is a lad here, I, at, least, you know, at least he had something here, right? There is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many people? Then Jesus said, make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in the number. In number was about 5,000. So that's just the men. Doesn't count all the women and the children. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down, and like, likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. I love the fact that Jesus was in food rescue too. Amen? Therefore, they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets. Everybody say, 12 baskets. With the fragments of the five barley loaves which were left over by those who had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, this is truly the prophet who has come into the world. That's kingdom economy, right? That's kingdom economy, right? <clears throat> One time we were doing cleansing stream retreat up in Mildura and we'd hired a bus to take all the band and the worship team and we all had to be back here by, um, we all had to be back here by Sunday morning for, uh, for obviously worship. 
And uh, so it was very, very late Saturday night. It was like 11 o'clock on a Saturday night. And, you know, we had about a quarter of a tank. Sam was there. Um, we had about a quarter of a tank in the bus. And we thought, oh, no. And we, from Redcliffe to Mildura is like only 15 minutes, right? 10, 15 minutes. And, um, and so uh, we thought, oh, we should, we, we should fill up petrol uh, in Mildura and then we'll head, no, 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 no. There'll be a servo on the way home. Anybody made that mistake, right? Ah, there'll be a survey on the way home. And we've got like gear all through the bus. People are like sleeping on gear and, and all that sort of stuff. And we start on our merry way, full of God, you know, full of confidence, full of faith of what God had just seen God do throughout the weekend. And, and we get going and past the first servo, all the lights are off. Okay, no worries. Second servo, all the lights are off. For by the fifth servo, the little bit of sweat, even though it was minus three degrees, was you know starting to appear. Um, I think I was driving. I don't. I can't remember. But um, and and it was starting to you know uh, drip down uh, my face, and I'm going, uh, God, and that needle. Have you ever taken the needle below E for empty? <laughs> like below E for exactly jack squat of nothing. You know what I mean? And we had to make the call. And I rang, I rang, actually rang Dad at the time and I said, Dad, look, we are like on vapours. I need you to come back towards us because they'd already left and they were ahead of us. I need you to come back, before, back towards us so that uh, if in case we run out that um, we'll have a car to go and get uh, some fuel. And so anyway, long and the story short is I think we ended up making it to Wangaratta? Bendigo. Bendigo, was it? Bendigo, whatever it was, like we're talking four or five hours drive, right? And we limped this thing. It was like, you know how sometimes when you're really hungry, the golden arches are like, ah. It was like mobile service station, all the angels were singing, you know, and we're limping this thing. Well, Sam, the engineer that he is, he he calculated that if we've been able to travel all of this, he reckons there may, there may have been, I think it was about half a cup of fuel left in the tank. There is no possible way that we could have made that distance. We were running on angel juice. It's God's economy. I don't recommend you continually run your car without fuel. The other day I was an idiot and put unleaded in a diesel tank uh, and uh, that was exciting. And so, um, yeah, it, was, it all worked out okay. Uh, thank you to Vince, my father-in-law, who assisted us greatly, who always seems to, and um, rescues us completely. And, uh, and, and so, uh, uh, you know, I don't recommend you live like that, but I tell you what, when the chips are down, you need a miracle. When your back is up against the wall, right? When you're hungry, you need feeding, right? Well, I say get spiritually hungry. Let there be a personal revival that takes place within your life. Amen? If our lives are a product of habits, then are you happy with your spiritual walk right now? If there is room for improvement, then I want to help you make that improvement starting today. Are you ready to do it today? Uh, no, no, no. Are you really ready to do it today? Yeah. You know, I know that some people say yes, but then in about three hours' time, well, they're sitting down eating those fat chips for Sunday lunch. You know what I mean? You know, I, it's, it's, I'm not talking about weight. I'm talking about a personal revival taking place. Are you ready? Are you ready? 
All right, fantastic. And now this is not, this is not a religious thing. This is, this is a um, be led by the Spirit thing, okay? So number one, number one, step one. Everybody say this, destroy distractions. Man, I want you to get militant. I love what Paul says. He's so relatable, the Apostle Paul. He says, I do the things that I know I shouldn't do. I don't do the things that I know that I should do. And yet his grace is sufficient for me, right? Right, so I want you just to be relieved of all pressure, but when there is a repentant heart, when revival takes place, repentance without sorrow means nothing. There has to come a point where you absolutely detest the direction of your life in order to see a personal revival take place within your life. And guess what? You are responsible for you. God will hold you responsible. God will hold me responsible for me. Hello? So... Destroy distractions. Turn off the TV, turn off your phone, turn off the radio and tune into God. When silence is all that we hear, what often floods our thoughts is everything that hasn't had time to be processed. Have you ever thought that? You know, you get into this moment of prayer, you might lock yourself in the cupboard or get into a moment, a quiet moment and, and, and you want to pick up your phone. Or you get into this quiet moment, and you, yes, Jesus, I really love you. Have I done the washing today? Yes. Oh, thank you, Jesus. What am, all, what am I going to feed the kids today? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Yes, that oil change needs to take place. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I need to prune back that, you know. Anybody? All the time. And I just think, oh, mind, would you just shut up? You know what I'm saying? Anybody? Right, And you see, God says, renew your mind so that you may approve the perfect and acceptable will of the Lord. And see, the renewing of the mind says, take every thought captive. In other words, own it. Cast it down if it's not a thought from the Lord. And if it's distracting you from just not emptying your mind of things, but allowing your mind to be filled with the word. If you will notice, the world's version of meditation is to become empty. It is. Empty. Contemplate your navel, the little lint in there, how much did you gather there today? And then just like, ah, um, whatever, right? No. No. No, God said, renew your mind. Let your mind be filled. Let put on the mind of Christ. Amen? Right. So processing your thoughts, da, 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 da. process your thoughts through the presence and power of tuning into what God is saying. Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42 is a story of where Mary and Martha went to serve. And when Jesus entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house and she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and she heard his word. But Martha was distracted. Everybody say distracted. Now, you've got to say, she was distracted. Okay. But Martha was distracted with much serving and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. Typical sister's response. It was him. No, it was her. It was her. Right? 
And Jesus said, Martha, 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 Martha. You are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. Sometimes I think we just need to get into that place and say, no, I will not allow this to be taken from me. Because the world would seek to rob that dedicated, undistracted time. That time of where you are with the Lord. And sometimes it might not be in the prayer closet. Sometimes it might be whilst you're gardening or while you're driving or while you're doing other things. Friends, understand this. It's wherever you are, that is where the Lord longs to meet you. Amen? Psalm 119 says, I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. Hey, I mean, ask yourself the question. I know it was a thing that was banded around years ago, but what would Jesus do? I think that's just a good reminder. All right. What would Jesus do? I was talking to somebody from, you know, I think it was Word Bookstore at the time. You know the what would Jesus do wristbands? You know, it used to you know, be a cool reminder. You know, I'm, I'm a funky 90s, 1990s Christian and I'm walking with a what would Jesus do wristband, right? You know they were the number one thing stolen off the counter? <laughs> oh, what would Jesus do? Well, he'd just take that thing, right? You know. Isn't it weird? Oh, humans are funny. Anyway, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 35 says this, and this is Paul talking to the church at Corinth. And this I say, for your own profit... For your own profit. So in other words, this is for your good, not for mine. Not that I may put a leash on you. I mean, can you imagine if Pastor Matt got up here and started handing around dog collars with leashes? You need this, right? Even spiritually, that's spiritual abuse, right? But Paul is like letting us into his leadership conundrum. He says, look, you know, the man in me says, Guys, you know, step up. But he says, not to put a leash on you, but for what is proper and that you may serve the Lord without distraction. Paul's so clear in this. Serve the Lord without distraction. In other words, don't let those things of the world flood in. The cares of, of, of life that so easily, the Bible says, weigh us down. Amen? Yeah. So everybody say, destroy distractions. Destroy. Fantastic. All right. You are a destroyer of distractions. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Fantastic. All right. Step two, word up. Everybody say, word up. Word up. I know it's probably very uncool and my kids are just rolling their eyes, but, you know, word up, right? Filter your thoughts through what the Word says. The Bible is the most effective measure that counters negative self-talk, guides you through difficult seasons, offers comfort in hard times, and reinforces the promises that are due to you. Uh, remember what I said, personal revival? Yeah. Remember the definition of that? Let me go back to it. I see people shaking their heads and we just did it. Ready? An improvement in the condition, strength or fortunes of someone or something. Remember, you all put your hand up and said, yep, I want that. You ready? An improvement in the condition, strength or fortunes of someone or something. We have to be in the Word. 
We have to know what it says. And we have to apply it, knowing the promises of God for our lives. And not only for our lives, but for the community. Not only for the community, but our family. Amen? I long to see a personal revival take place in every single life here today. But I can't do that. Only you can. Only you can choose it. Only you can choose it. So step two, say word up. Step three, I love, this is A.W. Tozer, so don't shoot me, right? A.W. Tozer, amazing author. You ready? He said this, he said, he said this, he said, get thoroughly dissatisfied with yourself. Like the world would say, ah, oh, you're, you know, you're okay and you're all this and you're all this. But, yeah, but what's your plumb line? You know, who are you comparing yourself to? You know, I think sometimes a little bit of comparison is healthy. <laughs> A little bit of comparison is healthy. Who are we comparing ourselves to? We're comparing to who the Bible describes us to be. The Bible says, be holy as I am holy. The Bible says, you are loved beyond measure. The Bible says that you are powerful beyond measure. The Bible says that you are children of God, chosen by God to be a royal priesthood. Amen? Complacency is the deadly enemy of spiritual progress. The contented soul is the stagnant soul. When speaking of earthly goods, Paul could say, I have learned to be content. But when referring to his spiritual life, he testified, I press on toward the mark. So A.W. Tozer says, so stir up the gift of God that is within thee. I hear Paul saying to Timothy those exact words. Stir it up within your life. Stir up the gift of God. Stir up that flame that has been placed within you. You do that by being in the Word, getting rid of distraction, understanding the promises of God for you. The last one, oh, almost, yeah, it'll be the last one for today. You ready? Step four. You ready? This is also A.W. Tozer. I stole two of his points and I'm giving him all credit. Not that he really cares about it right now, right? You ready? Do a thorough job of repenting. Have you ever prayed like, you know, we'll have a time of prayer and it's, it's, like, it's like the famous, famous coverall repentance prayer. Do you know the coverall prayer? Lord, bless our community. Amen. Well, yeah, that's good. But let's get down to a little bit more specific and passion. Amen? Do you know the, the coverall repentance prayer? You ready? Lord, forgive us for the things that we know that we've done wrong. And also forgive us for the things we don't know that we've done wrong. Amen. Covered all my bases. Right? No. Revival has to come with sorrow. You have to understand. You have to understand that Jesus' sacrifice was not just for a coverall. Jesus' sacrifice bore it all. And that is why 
I think the Western church has to come into that place of real repentance, of real confession. And and it's not really confession to another person, although that is helpful. It's confession to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Because there has to be a conviction, not condemnation, but there has to be a conviction that comes. And it's a thorough repentance. It's a thorough. You know, sometimes I am in prayer before the Lord and I am just overwhelmed by, 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 by this sense of how awesome He is and how little I am. His presence almost leads me to repentance. The Bible says it's the kindness of God that leads to repentance. Hello? You know, know, when the Holy Spirit comes in, you know, we've been talking about an appropriate response. When the Holy Spirit comes in and we are aware of His presence, sometimes I think, all I I want to do sometimes, you know, we're up here and I'm doing things, but, you know, sometimes all I want to do is drop to my knees and weep. What am I weeping for? I don't know. But that's my response. I think I'm just weeping because his love is just so amazing. Maybe it's because his presence is just so good. Maybe God's dealing with inner things that me cognitively are unaware of. You know what I'm saying? But I think repentance is this place where we come to our knees When was the last time you got in your bedroom and you knelt down and you said, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for these things. I want nothing to separate you and I. You are my lover. You are the one who I long to be intimate with. Holy Spirit, my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. It is no longer mine. It is yours. Because Jesus, you have bought me with a price. Thorough, humble repentance. Coming into that place of laying it all down. Laying it all on the line. Tozer said, do not hurry to get over with it. Hasty repentance means shallow spiritual experience and lack of certainty in the whole life. Allow godly sorrow to do her healing work. Until we allow the consciousness of sin to wound us, we will never develop a fear of evil. It is our wretched habit of tolerating sin that keeps us in a half-dead condition. Pretty strong words, eh? There's this moment of where we just say, Lord, have your way. Do what you will. So I want to invite you this week into an opportunity of where we are all going to do a reading plan together. It's a seven-day reading plan. And it's called The King's Economy. And how many know, how many, how many know that it takes some time to set a habit. Yeah? yeah. yeah? They, they, they actually believe it's about, it's about 60 days to actually properly change a habit or, or should I say establish a new habit. I'm not asking for 60 days but I am asking for seven. 
all right? And you might be somebody who go, you know, I, I'm quite happy with my limitations of my smartphone or anything like that. You can actually do this on a computer, on a, on a tablet or anything you like. Or if, if there is some way, I'm not sure that there is some way that we can print it out for you. But I would encourage you, get with somebody who thinks they know what they're doing and download this plan and read it. Are you ready? So up on the screen right now, there's going to be a QR that's called the King's Practicing the King's Economy. And it's a seven-day devotional. And there is a QR code there right now. And it's not just about, it's not just about finances, but it is about stepping into the miraculous. And what you're going to be able to do is as you go through the devotional and then as you read the scripture, there is actually an opportunity underneath just to type and write what that meant to you. Just write one or two sentences. Just, you know, this was really good or I found this really helpful or that's a really difficult thing to, to understand or it's a really difficult thing to apply in one's life. Then I would encourage you, let's tune into this and do it together as a church so that we can start growing and developing in this way together. What I'm also going to do is I'm going to send this out during the week in a Team MCC email. Is that cool? So if, if, if uh, you're not on our list, on our email list, then I would encourage you to go to our website and sign up for the e email list, www.manningmcc.org, and we will send this reading, this link to the reading plan, and it's through the YouVersion Bible app. Wonderful, 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 wonderful. And, uh, and I know that it will be helpful. Can I invite you to stand? We're going to pray. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Lord, right now, I just thank you for your goodness. Holy Spirit, would you fill us afresh today? Lord, would you help lead us into a place of living miraculous? Lord, supernatural is actually incredibly natural for those who are called your children. Supernatural is actually an extraordinary thing, but an incredibly normal thing. Jesus, we're not complacent. We don't want to be complacent. We don't want to be left in a place of, of boredom with you. So Holy Spirit, right now, would you breathe upon our hearts? Would you breathe upon the embers and the coals within our life? Awaken us. Let there be a fresh awakening. Lord, I pray that there would be a sense of humility. Lord, that we would come to you with repentant hearts. Lord, that our focus is not upon sin, but our focus is upon you. Oh, Jesus, we thank you for what you've accomplished, that we are totally and completely accepted, loved and forgiven. Lord, I ask that you would awaken each and every single one of us to your purposes 
and to your plans. In Jesus' name, we all said amen and amen. Go God. Thanks, Anna. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Anna. I trust that during the service, God was moving in your heart and his presence was where you are. Just before we say goodbye today, I'd love to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. If today's message spoke to you, or you've been considering believing in Jesus as your saviour, then I would love to invite you to do that now. Would you repeat this short prayer after me? Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins and that you rose again to give me life. I ask you to forgive my sins and be my Lord and my Saviour. I open my heart to you today. Amen. If you said yes to Jesus today, we would love to hear from you. We would love to celebrate with you, pray with you and help you start your Jesus journey. Visit our website, manninghamcc.org and go to the I Said Yes page. Fill out your details and one of our leaders will get in touch with you. We would love to hear your story. Hey, thanks for joining in today and being part of our service. If you enjoyed today's service, would you click the share button and subscribe to MCC so you can stay connected? We all need some good news and we would love to hear how God has spoken to you today. Visit manninghamcc.org and fill out a good news story form today. If you would love to know more how to grow in your relationship with God, then Next Steps provides the path for you. Visit manninghamcc.org to find out more. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.